Welcome into Ballers on the Big Screen. This is going to be our first Friday film segment. Uh, we're starting a new series in which we review movies that have impacted how we see the sport of basketball, whether that's classics from our childhood or new movies, shows, or documentaries that have given us more insight on players, teams, or the sport of hooping in general. Follow us on this journey to review these films in a better way to understand them. Comment below on films that you want to see next. Uh, but with that being said, our first film we look at today is one of my favorites uh, from my childhood. Uh, one that I haven't seen in a long time, so it was good to catch up on it. But coming up next, we've got Like Mike, the 2002 film directed by John Schultz. Calvin Cambridge hey, punk. had been pushed around. Want to play me one-on-one? Stop it. And Michael Jordan went back down from no challenge. And neither is Calvin Cambridge. But no matter how hard he tried. Take like a number, Ox, because you're about to be served. Nothing ever changed. Until one night. Welcome back to the Shot to Side podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt and Adam. Uh, we got a little bit of different, you know, format. We're doing uh, big screen ballers. Uh, just our little film kind of, you know, go through some movies, some basketball movies that hopefully some of you guys have seen. Um, but first off, Matt, Adam, how are you guys doing? Doing, doing good. good, doing good. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to get this... Uh, this podcast, you know, underway. I mean, we've never done a movie before. Usually, we stick to NBA content, stuff we're kind of more familiar with. Films, brand new stuff, right here. Yeah, we're trying to get into film. So, um, our first movie on task is like Mike. Uh, came out July third, two thousand two. Rated PG, about an hour and thirty nine minutes long. Um, has a five point three rating out of ten on IMDb. This movie, this movie's out. You know, a basketball movie, obviously. Uh, it's also a comedy, family, fantasy, and sports movie. Uh, featured around a thirteen-year-old kid who finds a pair of sneakers initialed MJ, obviously Michael Jordan, on them that turn uh, his basketball abilities from a kid who struggles to hoop to being able to play like Mike. Um, taking this orphan from someone struggling in a system of very few ways of getting out to a kid who everyone learns to love and wants to be around. Can he manage the pressure or will he, or will the stardom be too much for the young kid watch now on stars or Amazon prime and, uh, follow along as we break down the scenes in this week's breakdown of like Mike. Um, this movie was directed by John Schultz. He's also directed other movies. Um, maybe one you've heard alien aliens in the attic. Have you guys heard that one before? Nope. Um, never, never. No, uh, it's another kid's movie, PG movie. He does, he does a lot of kids movies. Um, so, um, yeah. What did this, what did this movie mean to you guys in general? Start with Matt. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much one of the, you know, like first, like basketball movies I watched, um, Growing up as a kid that I, uh, I don't know, like really related with kind of, I thought it was a pretty cool movie. I mean, we'll talk more about specific parts, but I thought, you know, it's kind of like every kid's dream, obviously, like to be in the NBA. So it was kind of like, I don't know, Calvin living every little kid's dream back in the day of, 
right. uh, playing with all these NBA stars. And then I thought like, we'll talk more about like specifically, but like going to like his house, I thought was pretty cool. Like I always kind of pictured like NBA players having like super nice houses like that. And like how fun it would be to be at like their house even. Um, so I thought, I don't know. It was just a good movie. Uh, obviously, um, not super realistic, but <laughs> it was definitely a, <laughs> it's... a fun movie watching as a kid and even even now. Oh no, yeah, this is this is childhood memory right here. So the, there's like very few like childhood movies that like really like stay with you like throughout time. And th- I don't know, this one is yeah, like like Matt said, it's like every every kid's like dream. Like waking up one day and being like, you know, I, I can play with the NBA players. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> that I mean, that'd be dumb as fuck. But no, yeah, I feel like yeah, it was just like every kid's dream, especially like whoever played basketball and like in their youth. But yeah, it's a it's a movie that just never goes away. Like it it stands through time, I believe. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, growing up, I mean, this was my very first basketball movie i ever watched that's why i picked this as our first film to kind of study um i know me and adam growing up like just watching this movie the first time you don't really see all the details and stuff and all the actors you don't really take into account but you kind of just take it for the story on face value and and what it would kind of mean like if you had those shoes like if if you had quote unquote like the cinderella shoes where it's just magical and and you can be you know, like an NBA player and be a star, uh, what it would be like, you know, to be that good. It just, um, kind of gives you hope when you're younger. And I think it, um, you know, helps some of the, it definitely helped us from a younger generation just to be like, Hey, like if he can do it, like, so can we, like, we can, we can be that good as well. But, um, yeah, I, I like this. Some of the actors and actresses that were in this movie, um, Shad Moss, also known as Lil Bow Wow, um, is Kelvin, the main star in the movie. He's also been in different movies as well, like Scary Movie 4 as Eric, uh, Fast 9 as Twinkie. Um, But mostly, I mean, I think people know him as a rapper, mainly, right, guys? Yeah, I'd say as a rapper or even just from this movie, a lot of people know him. True, true. Yeah, a lot of other good um actors and actresses like morris chestnut tracy uh reynolds in this movie was in kick-ass 2 um anacondas heist uh jonathan lipnicki as murph um you know him from uh george and Stuart little i think a lot Stuart of people have seen little. that movie <laughs> yep yep uh i think he was around kind of the same time of this movie because he looks pretty similar in this movie than he does in Stuart little as well Oh no, yeah. He was he was one of those child stars. <laughs> right. Um their other friend, uh Reg, um, also known as Brenda Song in this movie. Uh she's been in a lot of like animation movies like Robot Chicken. Uh she's been in Zack and Zach and Cody back in the day. Um yeah, that's probably where I know. Jesse Plemons. Yeah, right, right. Uh Jesse Plemons, uh known as Ox in this movie. He was in. He was known as Jesse in uh, Breaking Bad, um, Friday Night Lights, Black Mirror, Fargo, Irishman, uh, Game Night. Uh, he's been in a lot of good stuff. Um, Matt, you you probably know him mostly from from Game Night, right? 
Yeah, I just threw that one out there because it's probably one of the most recent ones he's been in that I know him from. Right. Yep. I mean, and then you got some older actors in this, like Crispin Glover, who's probably everybody who hates him in this movie as Biddleman, Stan Biddleman. Um, he's in Back to the Future, uh, some of the open season movies, Hot Tub Time Machine, Beowulf, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Um, dude, that dude, that dude is just super cringy. Like he's just, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like well, it's just hard. It's sometimes it's hard to watch. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get more into him once we get through. You know, some of the actual kind of spoilers. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned this uh, to our fans, but make sure you watch the movie before you listen to this podcast because we will go through a lot of the spoilers. Uh, we don't want to ruin the movie for you guys, but uh, we do we do go through a good amount of what happens in this movie in this podcast. But um, another older guy, Robert Foster, also known as Coach Wagner in this movie, he's the coach of the Knights. Um, he's in a lot of good movies like Grave Intentions, Olympus Has Fallen, um, and a number of other ones. But uh, those are just some of the actors and actresses in this movie. Uh, guys, let's get right into kind of um you know the things that we noticed in this movie um first off i thought the uh soundtrack for this movie was very underrated i mean a lot of good songs in this movie um some include hoop it up radio atletico feel the beat basketball party up tomorrow rule um a bunch of good uh, songs in this movie. What what song kind of stood out to you guys going through this? I'd say for me, probably my favorite one is just the ba- basketball. Um, they kind of use it at the middle of the movie where he's kind of going through um, like different teams and seeing each star player. And I thought it fit really well with that, but that's just a classic like basketball song. Uh, I'm not going to try singing it because my singing voice is pretty terrible. We're playing but... <laughs> Basketball, we love that basketball. That was perfect. Basketball is my favorite sport. All right, all right, all right. Adam, Adam, what about you? I think Lil Lil Bow Wow is actually in it too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He actually wrote the song. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, that's like the most iconic, like, soundtrack from, like, the whole movie. But, like... The other one that like gets me is the the the, the DMX one. What, what was that one called? Y'all gonna make me party up. Mama up yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. was good. That party was up's good. good. Yeah. Honestly, that was just a great scene. But we'll we'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. No. I mean, I I would probably <laughs> I'd probably say I both of your guys' options were good. I'd probably say both. Honestly, both those were great. Um, sound or songs in this uh in this movie but um that was just the first thing that i want to talk about at the start of this movie uh we get that classic stereotype of you know a kid who gets bullied in an orphanage uh between calvin and his two friends and other kids centered around ox and his two buddies uh some good one-liners in this uh one started you know started with ox saying hey punk like i've been thinking and then calvin responds with oh you've been thinking um i thought that was just funny to see like a younger kid who's smaller just kind of like stand up to his bully 
even though like he knows he's not going to win. What did you guys think of that first like kind of sequence of, you know, Ox challenging Calvin for his jersey, and then what follows that? If you guys want to go into that, yeah, I think. Um... I mean, it, it kind of shows like Calvin's swagger throughout like the whole movie is that like he never right. backs down from anything. And even though he did uh, get it, his stuff uh, sent to outer space by Ox, um, I think it, it just shows that he's got always had that confidence, even without like the, the Jays, the Jays just gave him. The... Yeah, but it isn't it on Ox's like Ox's fault for throwing his uh, shirt on the ground where Kelvin slips on it. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he would have blocked... He might have blocked it, but, like, not that emphatically no, without the I shirt. No, the ox also a lot bigger, too. He's I think he's supposed to be older, isn't he? Or... Yeah, no, he's a lot older. And, you know, even Bow Wow's, you know, a little bit older. You know, they have him as 13 years old in this movie. I think he was a lot older. He just looked younger, and I think he... They, oh, he just you know, looked shaved young. him. Yeah, and he got a shave too, so like, yeah. <laughs> he just looked a lot younger than he actually was. But uh, um, it was kind of funny that he just ripped his AI jersey up too. That was a sick jersey. <laughs> I know. I was like, "What? You didn't want to keep it?" Like, <laughs> Dude, that's that's tough. Yeah, Adam, what you, what do you think of that opening scene? Well, I thought I thought it was, I mean, it's it's a good opening scene because like what like leads up, it's like it kind of like builds up throughout the whole movie because like he's got that confidence he's always had that confidence and then when he gets the shoes like he thinks he's superhuman and then and then he loses them like later on but then it's all about him just finding his confidence again you know so it kind of just goes full circle throughout the whole movie yeah before i mean you mentioned the shoes we'll get we'll get into that a little bit but um following you know Ox tearing up the AI jersey, which, you know, maybe some, you know, memorabilia that one of us would like to have from the, from you know, just as a I'll prop. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take, I would it. take it. I don't care if it's too small. I'm still going to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, following that, we, you know, we cut into um, from the orphans, you know, having to sell candy at the Staples Center where this is held at the, they're, they're called the Knights, but it's at the Staples Center. So um, we cut to them just trying to raise money for the orphanage um, headed by everybody's favorite or maybe least favorite villain, Stan Biddleman. We don't really see Stan, though, as like a villain early on in this movie. You know, we kind of think of him as what somebody that's, you know, just trying to help out the orphanage and help out some of these kids that are going through a tough time without parents. A caretaker. Um, yeah yeah but we don't really see him as like a a bad guy early on right like when i first watched this movie i was like okay like he's kind of weird kind of quirky an oddball but like he seems like a good guy early on right honestly throughout the whole movie i thought the dude was whack (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i get that but like we don't see like his like dark side and evil side until later in the film no, he he turns yeah no he he starts off just slightly cringe and then he goes into you know full cringe mode at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think he you kind of get the first taste of it though when he talks to the coach though like that and says like I can't take right. your money that then you kind of know that Stan's kind of a sleaze. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do I do like the part where, you know, after the game when, you know, Kelvin's talking to Murph and they're like, ah, Tracy, like, why didn't you make that? Like, you could have swung it over. Like, he, they, he didn't run the play right. And then you see them leaving and uh, Coach Wagner uh, is jumping into, into his car and Kelvin sees him and runs over to him and, you know, asks Coach, like, hey, would you like to buy a candy bar for 20 bucks? Um, and then Kelvin has that inner dilemma where he's like, I don't know if I can sell coach the candy bar knowing that I don't know where this money's going. And he, you know, props to Kelvin at a young age. I don't think most people at a young age would be like, like, I'm, I don't know if I can do that, you know? So like, I think it's props to him for like noticing, like, I don't want to sell somebody that I respect something that I know that this money might not be going towards, you know? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, kind of like shows like, uh, his purity a little bit, you know, just that, right. Just in it for, in it for the game. He doesn't want to screw the coach over cause he wants that one day contract. <laughs> yeah. But it also shows like the difference between like him versus ox. Like, both yeah. both those two both grew up in a similar situation, but have had different ways they've grown up in that situation. And it just shows, like you said, like the purity that Kelvin has to like realize, you know, maybe this isn't the smart idea. And he does get a little bit lucky with the coach offering him tickets as we move into the next scenes where, you know, they get to go to their very first game, which I didn't notice when, you know, when I first watched this, but looking back at it as we've gone through the tape, you know, in these last couple of days, they played the Timberwolves in this game. So, I mean, kind of cool to see them play the Timberwolves. Um, they end up losing Dude, that game. The crazy yeah. thing is I've probably watched this, this movie, you know, countless times. So many times. And this is the first time I've ever, ever like, known this this information so like that's like mind-boggling that it was the timberwolves who they were playing yeah i, f- I feel when like I, it's, when i heard it's that kg's no, not in it that yeah it's disappointing so it's but... less noticeable yeah. when did when did kg come into league he would have been in his i mean that was he when he came into league like around prime. 96 didn't he yeah so it was probably his like set like six or sixth year something like that Something like that. I mean, that might have oh, yeah. been his MVP year. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want, to, we can talk about real quick who, like, some of the NBA players that were in this film. Um, not- noticeable ones that weren't in it, like you said, KG, Kobe Bryant wasn't in it. Um, Shaq wasn't in it. I think that was the year that the Lakers won the championship. Was that two thousand two, three season? Um, so that's that maybe plays into a little bit of why they weren't in it, but. Some of the noticeable NBA players, uh, Vince Carter, Michael Finley, Steve Francis, Allen Iverson, Jason Kidd, uh, Tracy McGrady was in it, Alonzo Mourning, um, Adam Steve Sp- Nash. <laughs> Adam's favorite player, Steve Nash. Uh, Big Dirk was in it. Dirk had a very famous line. We'll get into that a little bit later. Gary Payton had a good line in this uh, where he you know, talks about being the glove. Um, you had Jason Richardson in the dunk competition when, uh, Calvin wins it, uh, David Robinson's in it, Rashid Wallace, Gerald Wallace, and also Chris Weber was also in it. So a lot of great, uh, NBA players in this movie. Um, 
getting back into the thick of things though. Um, you know, I know it's a part of the movie, but what are the odds that MJ sneakers from the time he was, you know, a kid gets donated to that orphanage where Kelvin and, and, and like, okay, it gets donated there, but what are the odds that it fits Kelvin's feet? Like the same exact size. I know it's a movie and it's got a, no, you know, they don't, you know, they don't. No, I know. I know. But like, what? A, I know it's a movie, but like, there's no way in hell from MJ's childhood that they get donated and they just happen to be Michael Jordan's shoes. Hey, but here's a question for you guys. Can you name what kind of shoe it was? <laughs> Had to have been an Air Jordans, right? No, it was it wasn't an Air Jordan, but it oh, was a Nike. So obviously, just the Nike Dunks. Nike Dunks. What's your, is that? Your, what's your guess, Al? You, well, I thought about it. Like it can't be Air Jordans because if it was from his childhood, so like it can't be any Jordan shoes. Um, I don't even know, dude. From the, it had to have been from like the nineteen eighties or something. No, yeah, and the crazy thing is, they're not even basketball shoes. They're just, you know, they're just cruiser well, can, shoes. Yeah, you can tell. Like, they look like skateboard shoes. Like, <laughs> they're they're the uh, the Nike Blazer seventy sevens, mm. which isn't really a you know, it's not like a common shoe, really. I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean when when he plays in them. It do, they don't look like basketball shoes at all, but like, hey, I mean, it worked out for him, right? <laughs> no, exactly. And I don't know. If, I don't know if Jordan would wear those. <laughs> I mean the the funny the funny line though in this movie though is when Sister Teresa, who's played by um, uh, Anne Mira, who's been in a lot of films as well. We forgot to mention her, but um, she's been in a lot of movies. But she had a she had a pretty funny line in this movie. Calvin, where are you going? Come on. Off to do that history homework you owe me since yesterday? Yes, Sister Teresa. Okay, Murph. If there's a winter coat here that's just right for you, try it on. Um, Sister Teresa, do you know anything about these shoes right here? I'm not sure. Well, the guy who dropped them off said they used to belong to some famous basketball player when he was a kid. Um, which, which basketball player? You know, the, the tall, bald one. <laughs> I don't know if that's a slam towards Michael Jordan or if she just really doesn't care. She, she probably, probably, a little probably bit doesn't care because she's a nun. That, that's true. She's got some good some good lines though in this movie, like uh, when they're in the locker room and she's telling uh, the GM that uh, Kelvin has to do his math homework, and it's she's like point like tapping on his uh, suit or whatever. <laughs> like she's she's got some good lines. He misses. He misses. But the part in this movie that I found so weird where a lot of people think ox is like this this bully but like this movie doesn't happen without ox like if he doesn't throw those shoes on the telephone pole and they don't get electrocuted by lightning to kind of like 
give them the powers, like this movie doesn't happen. So I think we have to sit back and thank Ox for stealing the shoes from Calvin when he gets them and throwing them on the telephone pole. Also, if you guys didn't see in the scene before when he throws them on the telephone pole, there's no tree by the telephone pole. So like, there's no, there's no way for Kelvin to climb up and get the shoots. So I don't know if that's something they missed while they were making the movie, but uh, that's something that I noticed that definitely made it impossible for Kelvin later at night to go up when it was raining and thunderstorming to get those shoes. Uh, at the end of the day, this is this is a kids movie. I get it. I get kids it. are are not gonna pick up on this, but like, yeah, us like you know, years later down the line, we're like. Well, how the hell did that tree get there? <laughs> well, if we're being honest, I, I don't think uh, many kids are climbing across a tree in a storm like that. No, <laughs> no. I, have, I have to get the shoes. Well, even Murph. No, I think Murph in this movie is like the most like calm and collected and like sensible, sensible person in this movie where he's like, Kelvin, just wait till the morning. Like, we'll get him in the morning. Mm-hmm. And Kelvin's like, nah, I'm going to get him right now. I want those shoes <laughs> during a rainstorm where it's thundering. And he like, even, on top of that, he even falls off, too, right on his back, and he's he's okay. Right. <laughs> no, he's fine. He's totally fine. Like, nothing happened. Like, <laughs> he's not, what, he's not 20, 30 foot drop. <laughs> that would be kind of shocking if at the end of the movie it's just him waking up and he's paralyzed. <laughs> oh my you, you just woke up from a coma. <laughs> They're like, Kel- I was. You're not Michael Jordan, Calvin. Calvin. Calvin's like when he wakes up, he's like, did Did I get the shoes? Where are the shoes? <laughs> like, oh, they they gave him to a different orphanage, <laughs> just a different movie. <laughs> like you don't need them because you're in a wheelchair now. <laughs> Oh, and and even worse, Stan Biddleman is his dad now. (laughs) Well, not dad, just guardian. But like that's yeah, I am your father. (laughs) And it showed that they're literally like right outside of his window too, and he didn't even notice. Yeah, but um, heading more into the movie though, like we talked about. You know, Calvin's, you know, he gets signed to a, a one day contract worth, I think it was 5,000, but then they, you know, Stan kind of upped it up, got another 2,500. So they upped it up to 7,500 for a one day contract. Have you guys ever heard of anybody like getting a one day contract to play for an NBA team or any team, like a college team or anything? Which obviously well, yeah. you don't get paid. Now you get paid in college, but. Like I've never heard of I that mean, happening. Yes, you have. There's been there's been one one day. One day? Yeah. I've heard of ten day contracts. Yeah, say if like you know like a, a like a player that played for a team for like ten years and they want to retire there, they're like, all right, we'll sign a one day contract. Right. Yeah, they do those all the time, even in football. Like, I mean, it's normal, but yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I guess during the during the time when this movie happened probably didn't happen as often as it does it does now but yeah but we, we i mean we see kelvin get that one day contract and then um actually even before that like when he's at the game during that half t- it was funny to see uh eugene levy who's like the gm of the knights when just to see his face when they're down by like 12 at halftime when 
Tracy tea time misses the uh, halftime shot at the buzzer. And like everybody, like all the fans, all the teammates are all, all look pissed and like down about the game. And the GM just like, I need to get like something going so that I don't lose my job. Like just to see his expressions. And we, we've seen him in many movies as well. Like I think he's been in, um, what were those movies? Cheap by the dozen. Um, I'll think of it later, but he's been in a lot of good movies. He's always, he always plays like that quirky kind of role, like father role uh, uh, that we American see in movies. Pie. And yeah, American Pie. That's what I was thinking of. Where he's like the weird oh, dad yeah, that like, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. When they do the Naked Mile, <laughs> <laughs> you see some old dude just running, but. Um, yeah, I, I think he's good in this movie too. And um, yeah, what did you guys think of Eugene Levy just in his role as like the GM trying to, you know, sell tickets when, you know, we, we see, you know, um, Kelvin win out of everybody be the one that he chooses out of the ticket uh, little, little pull uh, to play against Tracy in one-on-one. what do you guys think of that part? Getting excited, Tracy? Yeah. Yeah, very excited. Well, so am I. And here we go. Section four. Row 14. That's a row, that's a row, that's a row. Sheep two. I got the ticket. Come on now, show us what you got. No, I got the ticket. Listen, little run, if you can't score on me, how are you gonna get by a knight? Oh shoot! Who got a record? Security. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. I, that part honestly kind of reminded me a little bit of like semi pro when they were trying to think of like halftime ideas and stuff like that, um, right. like the half court shot. Um, but yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought he was pretty. He didn't have like a huge role in this movie, but he was pretty funny and like whenever he was did have like screen time. I thought. Yeah, he he's kind of like a low key, like funny actor. Like you you don't expect him to like come out and like have these like funny lines, but they're like just short and they're just like you know just just out there. But yeah, he it was, it was he's pretty funny. But I mean, when when you put you know a thirteen year old out there against you know your star player, <laughs> like shit <laughs> and you get worked you get <laughs> oh my gosh i mean this this i mean we can tell how bad the cgi is though and this like that's what i could tell rewatching it is like how bad oh, yeah, when yeah. he throws the the ball off the hoop and they cut and then you see the cgi of him like flying through the air dunking the ball <laughs> like that i literally dropped everything i was doing paused the movie and just started laughing because i was like what? i was like I get it's a, a kid's movie, but like the CGI was so bad. It was just so bad. You just got to let your mind fill in the gaps. That's it. <laughs> yeah. If you treat it like a kid's movie, like, and just have fun with it, like it's totally fine. But if, oh. if you want to take it serious, like you'll, you'll find things to pick apart in this movie. Yeah. You, you'll have these, like, you know, those like real movie goers are like, that would never happen. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, obviously, it's not going to happen. You're not going to see a 13-year-old make it to the NBA. That's not going to happen. <laughs> He's, they're not going to sign him to a, a one-day contract. Like, if, if a 13-year-old's dunking at that age and crossing over players like AI, like, we're not seeing that happen. That's not going to happen. So no, but you, you know what the crazy thing is though? Like there's there's like kids that are like fifteen, fourteen dunking nowadays, which is insane. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. No, but like back when we played, but they're not going to the NBA. <laughs> like hell no. <laughs> and they they're usually six eight already. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but how are you six eight at? 14 years old. I just don't understand. (laughs) One of the, one of the quotes though, in this movie that I found hilarious was when they signed him, signed Calvin to that 10 day or that one day contract. And he walks into the locker room and he's just amazed just to be there. He's like, Hey guys. And everybody stops. And then Tracy's teammate Henderson is like, Hey, trace, get your notebook out. Cause this kid's, uh, here to school you again <laughs> and then trace trace is like uh i mean he was just flabbergasted that you know like they actually signed calvin to a one-day contract Dude, if if i was if i was him i'd request the trade immediately oh, immediately, <laughs> immediately if i he didn't even stop kelvin on one like he had three possessions couldn't stop him once <laughs> Give me the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, what's funny about like it is that the team is supposed to be like the LA Knights pretty much because they're from the, right. the Staples Center. Like, could you imagine the Lakers having to run promotions in order to like fill the arena? <laughs> no like, way. No way. That's so funny. Dr. Bus would never do that. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Let's get a kid to play LeBron at halftime. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a short break, though. Uh, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about the rest of the movie, and then we'll get into some awards, maybe recreate one scene, maybe. <laughs> but we can try. Um, we can try, uh, but we'll get through. Uh, we'll get into some awards and some other stuff as well. But we'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we're back. Uh, I got a question for you guys uh kind of like kelvin did um if you guys had 60 seconds to score on your idol as a kid do you think you could and also this is a question for some of our fans too like if you had that opportunity when especially when you were younger like 13 around that age do you think you could comment in the comment section below um matt we'll start with you do you think you could score on your idol and who is your idol well, I'd say my my first idol was AI, and I think I I would maybe be able to score an AI. Like, would yeah, you cross I, him up like Calvin did? I definitely wouldn't cross him up, but I think maybe after like it'd probably take like a hundred times, but I think I could score once on him. Well, you get sixty seconds. That's it. Oh, just sixty seconds. Um, yeah, like Calvin keep, did. Do I keep like getting three the ball shots. back though? Yeah, like if you miss, he gives it back to you. Oh. Yeah, I probably, I probably could. Because like, he, he's only like, what is he, like six foot? AI? Yeah, yeah so I, I could get, I could definitely like throw shots over him. Well, no, at 13 years old, you would have been what? Probably like, you know, five foot. Five foot. 
<laughs> not a midget. <laughs> at, at 13 years old? I, I'm probably I don't know how tall you were. feet at, at 13. <laughs> I was probably like I think full grown ba- at like 16. Yeah, well, I think Lil Bow Wow in this movie was around like five foot. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> I had Lil Bow Wow's height, I probably couldn't. Yeah. But and then my other idol would be Kobe, and I for sure would never score on him. He would clamp. He would clamp me. Yeah, he would take it too serious. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Iverson probably would too, but I, it depends on how serious he took it. I, I know Kobe would no. take it serious though. Yeah, AI would be like, "What am I doing here? Like, I'm just gonna let this kid score one." <laughs> you talking about practice? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even think AI would show up. He'd be like, "I'm not doing this promotion." <laughs> If I score on him, I get his pump shoes. <laughs> well, no, did you uh, like the prize that he that Kelvin won? It was like, oh, you get a free night sweatshirt, like <laughs> yeah. just for scoring. <laughs> like, really? I mean, but Adam, who is your idol, and uh, would you be able to score on them in sixty seconds? Well, you know, I mean, Steve Nash is my favorite player of all time, and. You know, he, what, he's, uh, he's like six, six two about. Dude, Nash might give you an assist just so he can score. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't think he would really put up, you know, too big of a fight. I think he'd be like, dude, yeah, take the wide open shot. I think, I think I could definitely score on Steve. No, and you know what would be fun is that you could be like, you know, I, just tell him, be like, hey, I got the M- MJ shoes. Like, I can, I can jump. And then have him do that famous dunk that he does with Studmeyer where he does it off his head, off the backboard, and then you dunk it. <laughs> Dude, that would be insane. That would be insane. Right? right? <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, my, my other one, you know, would be, you know, Carmelo. And I'd get slapped the shit out of if I was I played Wild Wild against Carmelo. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, for me though, it's uh, it's LeBron James. Um, Wait, probably who? not. Uh, probably not the King. Uh, you no, know, yeah, I don't know. I don't That's know. Delante's son, right? <laughs> Get, oh yeah, Delante <laughs> West. I know Delante. Yeah, you know, just the all-time leading scorer in points in NBA history. Nothing, nothing big. You know what? What has he really done, right? <laughs> but <laughs> you know. Do I think I could score on him in 60 seconds? Probably not at six foot nine. I think he'd have to give me at least 10 feet of space for me to get the ball off without him blocking it. Dude, he'd still um, cover that. I know, right? Yeah. So um, I'd, I'd have to hope for him to like maybe give me an opening and just a free shot, honestly. And I'd, <laughs> I'd probably still brick it because I'd be so nervous at the age of 13 be like, I have all these fans watching me. Um, now it's a different story. Like, do I, if I have the MJ shoes, like, I think all of us could score then. Obviously. No, I, but I think you just gotta, you just gotta back it up all the way to half court line and, you yeah. know, just hope and pray that thing goes in. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm throwing like a hook shot from like 75 feet out. <laughs> hey, what, what would Steph Curry do? You back I, it up. Shoot yeah. that three from, from half court. Yeah. You drop that. <laughs> Um, but let's get back in the movie guys. Um, just a quick question. That that was just a quick question for you guys, but you know, we get about 32 minutes into the movie, uh, when we finally realize how much of a snake Stan is, uh, Biddleman, um, when he puts Kelvin's NBA contract 
in his contract where it forbids him to, so that he can't be adopted. What did you guys think of just Stan when you finally figure out Biddleman, Mr. Biddleman, when you finally figure out how much of a villain he is in this movie? Yeah, I mean, for me, I I, I already thought he was a villain after like the part where like the like where he like up the contract and like said like how much he cares about Calvin. Um, but I think just like that kind of just like solidified it that like he was just milking Calvin for his money. Uh, that he was bringing in from the Knights and like obviously he didn't want him to adopt it because that uh, means no more money for Mister Biddleman. Um, so he can play his little chess games in the car some more (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean he just comes off as a a slimy guy like from the start honestly he's he's got that like perfect like little like straight down the middle comb over too which uh, just bugs me (laughs) he's probably a virgin too probably (laughs) doesn't have a wife (laughs) like definitely a guy that is not good with the ladies doesn't have a lot of friends um Definitely, this is like a full time gig for him. Just take care of of kids that don't like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much, and he's got them doing child labor for him too at, at games, so handing out candy yeah, bars outside of the stadium, <laughs> where nobody. I mean, you saw that dad with his two little daughters that were like, uh, "Like we're not, we can buy candy inside. Like this is a scam. We're not going to buy this." <laughs> Dude, for real though, which like, is true, like twenty bucks for a, a, a for like a thing of chocolate, like what? Yeah, even in stadiums at the time, like you could probably get it for like five, ten bucks in the stadium, which gee, I, mean, I mean, probably cheaper. Twenty bucks like, for in two thousand two, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah like, it was probably what a dollar for a, a candy dollar. bar, maybe less, maybe less. I don't even know. Shit, but, but yeah. yeah. Adam, what did you what did you think of uh, Biddleman when you like? Did you always think kind of like Matt that he was kind of slimy, or like did you you know later in the movie figure out like oh geez this flipped? No, Adam was actually Team Biddleman the whole time. I heard. Oh, he was. Yeah, (laughs) dude. Even even in the end, I thought I thought he should have gotten he should have got what he wanted. (laughs) Did you think Did you think he was the hero the whole time, Adam? (laughs) No, I thought the movie was about him, you know? <laughs> you know how, how a nice caretaker takes care of a 13-year-old kid who goes pro, and he makes him a huge star. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't call the movie Like Biddleman, you know? Dude, <laughs> no, movie. that's the sequel. <laughs> that would be a funny sequel. <laughs> yeah. That's we get, we get later in the into. movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. As we go through the movie, though, guys, uh, you know, Kelvin starts to finally get into the thick of things, play some games. Um, on the plane ride, though, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Tracy pops in a CD in his portable Walkman. Uh, if you guys can, if you pause it during the movie, it reads self-hypnosis uh, for the fearful flyers. Um, I thought it was an interesting thing they put in the movie to show that, you know, Tracy, you know, we see it in the movie where like Calvin has his fear of, you know, sleeping with the light on, can't sleep with it off in the dark. Um, Tracy's got his fear of flights. Um, I thought they did a good job of putting this in the movie where you have your two stars having both having fears where they can both 
have one another to kind of get them through that fear. Um, have you guys gone through anything in this life, in, like in your life where you've dealt with maybe fear of, you know, sleep in the dark or stuff like that? No, but I know you have, Alex. You've always been pretty scared of the dark, right? I like my nightlight. Uh, yeah. yeah, you you have like about like five nightlights in your room right now, right? Yeah, maybe some calming, you know, music to, to go to bed. Um, well, you know, it would help too to have a girlfriend or somebody, but, you know, I, I try to manage by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Biddleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm not Biddleman. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be middleman. <laughs> that's that's worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely didn't have a Calvin's fear of having the lights on. I can I cannot sleep with the lights on. Uh, I don't, I don't know how he did that, but <laughs> <laughs> what did what did you guys think of the movie? Kind like bringing those two fears together for our two stars in this movie though. Like uh, I thought it was pretty impressive of, you know, from the directors and the writers to kind of put that together um, to have them kind of click to bring them together. Cause we saw at the beginning of the film, like Tracy obviously didn't like Kelvin after that one-on-one battle. And like they had this kind of semi-hatred, not, not on Kelvin's side, but Tracy was like, I'm going to stay away from him. And then you have the coach being like, oh, you got to be his, technically his guardian on the team, um, his roommate. Uh, and then we get into that scene where, you know, Tracy leaves him to go hang out with a girl. And then Calvin's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And then that's when we get the famous line of room service. Um, oh, call room service, get some food. And what was room service? Right. Right, okay, this is what you do. You pick up this phone, right? And you dial six. Tell them what you want, and they'll bring it to the room. For free. For free? For free, you got it. Eat up. Nah, hold on, hold on. You gotta be messing with me, right? No, I'm not. Trust yourself. For free. (laughs) Dial six for room service. Um, And when we get the scene of, you know, Calvin ordering literally, what, like 50 dishes? Of room service, like, do they, did they do that back in the day where that like you could just dial six for room service and it's free? Dude, how nice never, would that be? Though I never heard of that. Yeah, obviously it's for like sports athletes and stuff like that. But like, I mean, it's honestly probably still that. like that for athletes. Like, oh, probably sure. order room service whenever. But well, they had that in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I'd, I'd be ordering up so much room service in the bubble. They were at right, Disney exactly. World too, weren't they? Yeah, Disney World. Yeah, I, I heard they like had like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like they didn't even have like full room service. Oh, obviously yeah. because like yeah, because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, Jimmy was also making his coffee for people there too, overcharging them. Dude, what, what was he <laughs> selling it for? Like, like what, like a like hundred bucks? bucks a cup? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Some crazy. That's just insane. A question for you guys. Like, if you guys had free room service, if you could just dial it, what would be, like, the first things you're getting room service? Also, like, fans in the comment section, what are you what are you ordering for room service? We'll start with Matt. Uh, you know, if I'm at a fancy place like Calvin was, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like his, his lobster tails idea because lobster tails are pretty good. 
Um, otherwise, I'd probably, honestly, I'd probably go for dessert, maybe. Big dessert guy. <laughs> What's your go-to dessert? Uh, I mean, I like a lot of desserts. Probably, like, I don't know, like, just, like, chocolate chip cookies, like, straight out of the oven would be my go-to, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like a nice ice cream cake or something, or like maybe a key lime pie. Uh, not, not a key lime pie. I, I don't really no. like sour desserts, but mm. I I do that. I like apple pie a ton or apple crisps. That's apple, really good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. I like those DQ frozen cakes. Those are good. Those are like ice cream cakes. Yeah. Those you also good. have to think like at the age of thirteen, like what would you order? Like you definitely oh, get dude. some like treats and stuff. I would order yeah, so much like pizza and yeah. fries and mac and cheese. Nothing healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam, what would you get? Oh my like I think the list would be literally endless. Like give me a couple of burgers, give me a full thing of pizza, give me two key lime pies, a pumpkin pie. You know, give me one of them uh, Boston cream pies. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to know, like, the chef is like, what the, f-? like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm, we're bringing, like, 50 dishes out to this one room. For... Oh, no, I, I want a rack and of we... ribs. I want a steak. Like, you give me, give me some potatoes. <laughs> I, I can only imagine, like, the person bringing up being like, uh who else is like this isn't a party like it's just for you <laughs> like i think after a while you'd be like mm, you know maybe maybe stop you know i think you got enough food he's like but but if you tip me more <laughs> yeah. i mean i think at this age though like if i was at the age i am now i'd be ordering like a nice steak you know probably you know some some rice on the side some good you know veggies and fruits um definitely some desserts at two as well but you know at that age i don't know yeah you're probably going like burgers fries pizza something like that like all the above like you're probably looking at the list and just be like yeah i want all of that like i'll take everything you have two of those and then you know some extra cookies as well on the side but um i thought i thought that was one of the funnier parts and then you see later on you know when tracy and his date come back um, and then take them out, you know, and stay out way too late past their, uh, in the NBA, do they have a curfew? Is that a thing? I don't, I've never heard of a curfew. In, in the bubble they did. Well, yeah, that's different though. They probably have some sort of curfew, like on the road. Yeah, they might. Maybe like, not at home unless, though. Unless you're AI, there, there is no curfew. <laughs> yeah, but... Would your coach ever be like, "Oh, if if this happens again, like we're gonna suspend you for a game"? Do it because you're right out past curfew. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, we see in that situation where, like, then you see Tracy like hate Kelvin even more after he's already snoring in bed where he can't get sleep too. <laughs> His snoring was so obnoxious too. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Obviously, it was faked, but well, obviously, I mean. Yeah, still funny though. But um, we get a little bit later in the movie. Um, some of the the best parts in the movie where you get that, you know, around that thirty nine minute mark where, you know, Calvin's been on the team for a little longer, crosses up AI, you know, dunks on AI. Um, you know, we hear you know the famous song "Basketball." Um, funny moment though. Adam probably loves this moment is when, 
you know, you see Dirk and Steve Nash and then Dirk is standing next, you know, standing next to Steven Adams or next to, um, Adam's boy, Steve Nash, uh, (laughs) trying, trying to get an autograph from Kelvin. Um, Adam, do you remember that line? I don't remember. I don't remember the line. I mean, I think he just says, he says, can I get your autograph? And then Kelvin's like, sure, Dirk, like anything, anything for you. I mean, why are you asking me? And then Dirk, and then he's like, uh, Dirk's like, it's actually for my niece. And then Kelvin's like, what's her name? And Dirk's like, uh, it's Dirk. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a good line in the movie. Yeah, I like that one. I also liked when uh, Jason Kidd was like talking trash to him, telling him to go back to his little sandbox. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> And Kelvin's like, look at the the name on your on your back. It says kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good moment. Yeah. Um, but um, another moment in the movie um, later on, you know, I think they're one game away from make, making the playoffs. You see Coach get on them because they lose the game before that. Um, <laughs> and this is when Biddleman finally figures out why Kelvin's been so good is because of the shoes. Um, and then Kelvin tells Murph, Hey, I need you to look after my shoes. I'm going out tonight. Uh, and then you see Stan kind of, I mean, this was a very dark image as a kid to kind of see is when Stan takes the only picture that Murph has as of his mother and then starts to burn the picture. Um, I don't blame Murph at all for like telling him where the shoes are. Like, obviously like if, it, if I was an orphan and my mom died and that's the only picture I have of her and the per my guardian is burning that picture just so that he can figure out where something is so that he can make money. Like that's a very dark image. Like obviously as a kid, Sadistic. You don't it. it is, it is. And you don't see it that way when you're like, a young kid like watching this movie, like it kind of blows over you a little bit, but it's, it's, it was really dark looking back at it again. And I don't, if it, if the movie's made nowadays, I I don't think they would put that in there. I think that would be a little bit too much for the audience, especially for kids. (laughs) Um, what did you guys think of that, of that, uh, situation? And like, obviously by this point, we figure out Biddleman's kind of not who he's trying to make himself out to be. But, like, this is the point where we finally see where his mind's at and, like, where he's trying to get, uh, which is, you know, to make money off of the situation he's, you know, that's been put in, in front of him. Yeah, I mean, I think what we learned is uh, it's a pretty effective way of getting information out of somebody if you're, you know, Burn <laughs> the picture, the only picture they have, <laughs> right? Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I think it kind of just like solidifies how much of a creep he is too, a little bit for doing something like that. Yeah, no, it was just that was that was probably the most fucked up like part in the whole movie. I, I agree that that was a part like solely, where I... solely the most fucked right. up. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, we move past that part and, you know, getting towards the end a little bit, but, um, I like the part where, you know, Calvin finally figures out that he can be adopted. You see 
Biddleman try to get like five, you know, of the worst parents to try to come adopt him. Obviously it doesn't work. Biddleman gives a famous line of, Oh, your home is here. Like with me, which is creepy in itself. But, um, and then you see, you know, Calvin go over to, uh, Tracy's mansion in California, which I don't know about you guys, but that's, that's one of the coolest mansions I've seen in a movie, especially at a young age. what do you guys think of that part? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're just at the house. You can go. Oh, yeah. It was like, just like, just like what uh, Matt said earlier on. It's like exactly what you would expect out of like an NBA player's like home. Like, just insane. Like, there's like everything that you could ever like think of. Pool, all the games, three stories. Like, I mean, obviously it's got everything. But uh, then we see, you know, Murph come over. <laughs> Yeah, Tracy's like Tracy. I don't got forty five dollars. Like that was the taxi ride over here. Like, could I? Could you maybe lend me some? Like, obviously Murph's not going to pay him back. And Tracy's Tracy's got forty five bucks. So, um, but just to see like the awesome experience that they have. Like this. This is like probably the most wholesome part in the movie. Is you know after Tracy and Calvin go through the whole geometry session with the paint. And then Murph shows up and they do the same thing and jump in the pool. That's, that's when you finally figure out in the movie where you're like, okay, like not to spoil it, but like I am spoiling it, but like Tracy should be the father of these two kids. So, um, what, what did you guys think of just like that part? And like, what did, what did it mean to you guys? Like seeing that part after, you know, the previous scenes with Bettleman. Just just a real tearjerker right there. Like Yeah. I teared up a little bit. No, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is like if you're watching this with your girl, like this is like the one part in the whole movie where where good. she's yeah. like, Oh my gosh, this is so so emotional. <laughs> Yeah. Or 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 she's like, I wish I was Tracy's uh, girlfriend, just to. You know, yeah, I hope not. No, no, dude, why not have that mansion? Tracy's a good-looking dude, and then you have two orphans who are, you know, old enough where like you can just be their friend. I mean, that's a win, right? Well, you're losing your girl to all that. <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) One of the orphans has a talking mouse, too. Stuart Little. (laughs) (laughs) I swear he talks. He talks to me all the time. Dude, every time I see Merv, that's what I think of, too. It's like, oh, that's, that's, you know. Where's Stuart? (laughs) We're just waiting for for Stuart to pop out with his little mini car. (laughs) That would be funny if there's, like, a mouse scene, like, in the orphanage where... <laughs> they should have, dude. Just like, just but like I, th- I think through. this. Yeah, I'm not sure if Stuart Little came out before this movie or after. Yeah, I could. you guys want to do a little internet research? Yeah, I'm just gonna look. But yeah, I mean yeah, that it was it came out before 1999. Okay, so they definitely could have added it. That would have but... been pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Just have I mean, you Stuart had Little get... just drive his little red car, you know, <laughs> down the down. <laughs> Dude, maybe they did. They do it in the sequel, like when they're all a family, and then they get you know Stuart in the in the thick of things as well. But, um, but also Murph has a different family in Stuart Little, though. So I don't know if that wouldn't work, but um, he's uh, he's, he's got know. his mom and Stuart Little. No, I meant That's just true. like throw it in as like a little like just like a like little a scene where like a mouse prop. runs through like the like thing or whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely could have. Um but you know, we get through the just to get to the towards the end of the movie, um you know, Kelvin finally you know, his sneakers break open, they you know, tear apart finally realizes that he's going to have to come back to earth and, you know, be a normal child. And that's kind of what he wants to do after, you know, you've been through the spotlight at a young age. We've seen this with like actors before though, like child actors where they've been in the spotlight. And then later on they go through some difficult times, whether it's through drugs or, you know, just being in the spotlight. Like it is a big thing to have to kind of grasp and everybody wants to meet you. Everybody wants to be your friend. Um, I think it was a good thing that they did in this movie, trying to force, not only force, but like make Kelvin into being the type of kid that wants to go back to being a normal kid after he's already gone through all this. What did you guys think of that part? You know, the shoes falling apart, them making it to the playoffs, um, that whole scene. Yeah, I think it kind of like, um, goes back to kind of like the whole like purity thing of Calvin is that he just wants to be a kid. Um, and like his main goal, like throughout like the entire movie was mostly just to get adopted. Like, I feel like that was part of like the underlying thing of the whole movie was like, he just wanted to be a normal kid that had a normal family, um, and did normal things. <laughs> um, but obviously he loved basketball on top of that. Um, but yeah, I think, that would probably be my biggest takeaway from it is just like he always wanted to be like a normal, just like everyday kid. He didn't, he didn't want to be like in the spotlight. I think like there was times too, where like there was tension between him and Ox because of that too. Or like, cause he was getting jealous at certain points throughout the movie. Um, Which I mean, most kids would too. Oh yeah. And then it, it kind of like all came like full circle too. Is like, I mean, I don't know if we'd want to say it yet, but, like, he ends up, like, helping Calvin, too, so. I think Matt touched it pretty well, but if you have anything to add. Yeah. I think you can say it better. No, (laughs) you said it perfectly, Matt. I mean, mean, there's not really much else to touch on. It was just perfect. Right. And we, I mean, the movie finishes with, you know, Calvin going back to the orphanage. Tracy coming back and we that heart, you know, warming um, moment towards the end of the movie where Tracy ends up adopting Murph and Kelvin. Um, um, great moment. Um, great way to end the movie. I think, you know, this, this movie's owned by Fox, but uh, I thought they did a really good job of kind of bringing it together. Cause like towards the end of the movie, I don't think, I mean, we had like a kind of, intuition that like maybe that would happen but to to actually see it happen at a 
you know, when they come to bring over some gifts, the, the basketball team, the Knights, um, after, um, uh, what did you, what did you guys guess? They probably lost in the playoffs or did they, they win the finals? <laughs> oh, they definitely uh, lost. Yeah. They got stopped. Yeah, they, they definitely came home early to the, <laughs> to the orphanage to help out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought they ended this movie very smoothly the way Tracy comes back. Nobody on that basketball team's in a bad mood, though. Like, they all act like, oh, it's honestly, if you're going to an orphanage, you're probably going to be in. And then, like, they've had the connection with Kelvin as well. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a good way to end the movie. But um, let's take one more break. When we come back, we'll get into some interesting facts about the movie. Uh, we'll look at the budget, the gross income, uh, and then we'll also get into some awards as well. So we're right back. Welcome back, guys. Um, some interesting facts, Matt. Uh, if you want to go through some of the interesting facts in this movie that, you know, maybe if some of these people who have watched the film maybe didn't know. Yeah, just a couple of interesting facts about the movie. Um the actor that played Calvin Cambridge, Lil Bow Wow, um, he was actually the only person that they considered for the role. I think they thought he would be perfect for it, and they had their mind set on him from the start, and they get were able to get it done, get him. Which is, but it's kind of surprising though, because like usually for like the main role, they'll have like, you know, in case somebody can't do it, they'll have like two, three, four other options that would back them up. But apparently Lil Bow Wow was the only one they considered. I mean, yeah. who else would have done it though, right? I mean, maybe like Kevin Hart. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, They're I mean, Kevin Hart actually, well, he might have, Kevin Hart would have been like around 20, like 20 though. Yeah. yeah. But he would have been like the same yeah. size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody else you guys would have considered in this lead role? As Kelvin, I don't even know at that time frame like who, who would have been a good substitute. I think Lil Bow Wow did a really good job in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say having seen the movie because he was so perfect in the role. Uh, I, I can see why they wanted him. Yeah, but um, another fun fact for you guys about the movie or interesting fact was that. Obviously, since there's so many uh, NBA players within the movie, the they had to co-produce the movie with the NBA in order to have guys like Steve Nash, Dirk, all of the NBA players, Vince Carter, etc. Because the NBA is like uh, is pretty um, stingent on what they let their players do. Like they have to have like like with the players' association and everything, it has to be like within the contract if it, if they do certain things. So that's why Fox, which was like the company of like the movie company portion of it, um, yep. had to work with the NBA in order to do that. Um, so that was pretty interesting because I don't think that happens very often, um, especially where you had like that like sheer amount of like NBA players like involved with the movie. Like, I mean, you see like a movie like Space Jam where they have like four to five NBA players, but never like there was probably like 20 in this movie if I were to say. Yeah. But it's usually Um, dealt like with the individual player, not like with the entire NBA association. 
Yeah, exactly. And basically, like, they, they got paid, like, just through the NBA pretty much because it was just built into, like, the Players Association contract. So. Right. Um, so that was kind of interesting tidbit. And then another thing is, uh, they wanted to do a sequel, especially with the original cast. Um, but then Fox, like it was not, they wanted to do another sequel with like Calvin and little Bowel as Calvin. Um, but Fox decided to go in a different direction. Um, and they made like Mike two streetball version which which didn't have any of the original cast in it which my opinion was kind of a mistake a little bit to do it like that um we we might it was trash trash. (laughs) yeah we we might go through that movie a little bit later but um as of now we probably we'll give it some time but honestly i I don't think it's worth even mentioning (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. It was, it was it, pretty. It would bad. have been. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice to see like a sequel with Calvin, like growing up, living with Tracy and Murph, and then seeing like, oh, you know, maybe you can make a movie of him like going to college, and then, you know, maybe he like actually has a decent like makes it to the NBA or something like on his own without the shoes. Um, that would have been a cool like, you know, you can make like two. Even if it wasn't a movie, like maybe a TV series where it goes through all those like different events, but um, you know it's been you know twenty plus years now. I don't think that's something they're probably going to even go back to. But um, in my eyes, I think they should. I think it'd be cool to like see something from our childhood kind of get kind of not reborn, but like brought up again, where a lot of people in our age demographic or even before us. Um, would probably like that as well. Yeah, or even like a like Mike too, and instead it's Murph finding Mike Miller's shoes, and he's oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a sharpshooter. Yeah, he's just a sharpshooter in the NBA. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Murph loses one of his shoes, makes a shot in the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> That'd be I'd, I'd sign up for that. I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a bunch of things in this film that you know maybe we didn't really see in our first outing. Um, I personally, I watched it a good three or four times um, to do this pod. But there's a lot of different things you pick up on that you don't really see, and um, you know it, it was good to see. But um, looking at this budget, the gross income of the film, the budget was thirty thirty million. Uh, estimated uh, opening weekend, they made about you know, a little over twelve million U.S. Uh, gross. They made fifty one, a little bit over fifty one, and then worldwide gross, they made sixty two million. So net about you know thirty two million. That's just in theaters, though. Um, this movie is out on you know Amazon Prime. If you have if you have stars, maybe, um, and then they show it on you know different movie channels as well, but. Um, they've definitely made you know money off of it through CDs and stuff like that as well. So it's probably a little bit more, but um, you know this this movie did make money. You know, a lot of sports movies don't necessarily always make money. So it, you know, to get a thirty-two roughly million dollar you know 
positive net positive out of this is i think a win for this movie and also led to a lot of us you know just through the movie just having a good impact off of it so and and the thing is we probably like like the actual the nba probably made hella money off this as well like but we probably don't know that number well and this was also during like a dead season like the NBA was going through a tough time during this era because this is after Michael Jordan was even, you know, out. I think he was on the Wizards at the time, um, about to be out of the league in 2002-2003. And the NBA was trying to figure out who's that next, like, franchise star that we can build around. You know, you had AI, you had Tracy McGrady. I think during this era, Tracy McGrady in 2002 was the leading scorer at 32 a game for the Orlando Magic. Obviously, you had Kobe, you had Shaq. You know, Lakers won the title that year, but Calvin um, Cambridge. Yeah, Calvin Cambridge, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the NBA was trying to figure out like who's going to be that next franchise guy that can bring, you know, s- ticket sales up through the roof and bring their income to a different level. And I think this movie helped a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the the, especially review, with the, the reviews don't say that. <laughs> yeah, but especially with the younger generation, though, because the older generation was more popular during this time than the younger generation was. And this movie kind of sparked the younger generation to kind of get more involved in the NBA. But, Adam, go on with your, uh, your writer's thoughts, what people, what the writers thought of this movie, good and bad. What do you what do you want first? You want the good, you want the bad, or you want the ugly? I want I want the bad first and then we can go to the good. You, you want Just, the bad? Yeah. Alright. No, the bad was like this 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 is a comment from Ann Hornaday out of the Washington Post. She said, uh, the frightening myths about adaption that runs through Like Mike makes even its happiest endings a little creepy. That's like that's a, it's kind of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> she gave it a thirty out of a hundred score. So yeah, thirty uh, out of a hundred. Like so, she she absolutely hated the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see a lot with these writers that maybe take these child movies a little bit too seriously, and uh, I mean, the well, adoption it, part. Yeah, it was it, has... it was out of the Washington Post, so like they're like yeah. a more serious like news channel, so they're not really gonna take things very lightly. News channel, or <laughs> it, whatever. Jur- journalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you some of the good. I'll give you some of the. No, good. I want to hear what. Uh... Marjorie from the Austin Chronicle said. <laughs> oh my god. That, she gave it a twenty out of a hundred. Yeah, no, that was that was the ugly. Twenty out of a hundred. She says, like Mike is the, the slight and uni- uneventful. Un- uneventful movie like Exalt <laughs> Like the Exalted Michael Jordan referred to <laughs> in the title. Many can inspire, but none can equal. Even Space Jam was better than this. Which, I get it. Space Jam was better, but like... Was it, though? Space Jam was definitely better. I, I feel like Matt, they're, you, they're pretty... Matt, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say Space Jam Space was Jam. better. I mean... Space Jam had Michael Jordan in it. This this film is sponsored 
around Michael Jordan. It's called like Mike for a reason. Yeah, but I mean, but this movie actually had, had Steve to, Nash in it. Okay. They actually had to get Michael Jordan's permission to actually call the title like Mike because that's what they used to call Michael Jordan after this movie came out, obviously. But they, they called had to him get permission Mike? From him. Dude, no way. Dude, no, they did. <laughs> Anyways, Marjorie, um, uh, I think she took it too seriously. But let's get to the good news. I want to hear what some good critics had to say about this movie, Adam. You know, so Mick LaSalle out of the San Francisco Chronicle, he said, he rated it 75 out of 100. And I think think that was uh, one of the best ratings, which is kind of of sad. (laughs) But he was really short and sweet with it. He was like, appealing movie, one of the summer's pleasant surprises. I think, I think, you know, he was kind of just on a, you know, a deadline rush, and he's like, you know what? We'll just say it's a good movie. <laughs> I, I disagree. I feel like he's got – he definitely has some kids that enjoyed the movie, and, you know, I thought it – I thought he thought of it as, you know, a very wholesome movie for his kids to watch, especially if they like, you know, like basketball. Yeah, or he couldn't give two shits. <laughs> a 70, 75 is kind of an odd number, you know. My my favorite one was from Lawrence Topman of the Charlotte Observer. Uh, he said, Lil Bow Wow deserves a better made film than this <laughs> pleasant, sloppily assembled fairy tale. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's watched a lot of Lil Bow Wow's uh, movies before, but I would say this is probably his best movie that he's have, had come out. Where he's had like a, a good role in it. Yeah, yeah. He this- didn't have much come out after that. This was his like you know high point in his career as a as an actor, right? But yeah, just some interesting facts and some budget. Let's get into kind of our NBA awards, not NBA awards, but just our awards for the film. Um, starting off, best shot turned aside. Obviously, we have to title it towards our title. But uh, for me, the best shot turned aside was. At the beginning of the movie, when Ox absolutely obliterated Kelvin's shot um, after Kelvin slipped on his uh, long sleeve shirt, but did you guys have a better shot turned aside? I mean, I feel like that was the only like major one, like shot at block. So that probably right. Mine I too. can't remember another one. Kind of set up the whole movie too. No, I think yeah. he did get he did get blocked like when he was on like the NBA um, when he was on the Knights. I forgot who blocked him though. Oh. Oh no, I remember that. Po- oh, who was it? It was. Yeah. It was to, it was the game to get into the playoffs. Yeah, it was, was it when Vince- he did when he didn't have his shoes. Yeah, was it Vince Carter? I don't think it was Vince Carter. It was against the Raptors, wasn't it? Because the coach was like, oh, we got to beat the Raptors to get into the playoffs. Oh, no, it definitely was Vince Carter. Yeah, it, it was Vince wants, Carter. Yep, yep. So that, that's that's mine. <laughs> that's what that's I'm saying. One. That was the best block. Yeah, I totally forgot about that one. That's a good one. Um, best line in the uh, movie, guys. I'll just name a, a few off for you guys just to get in case you guys can't think of any off the top, which you probably should, but um, one of them was when Tracy Reynolds was like, Kelvin, I think you should stick to basketball. You know why? You can't rap. 
Um, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> towards the end of the movie, uh, we heard Ox be like, oh, what's room service? And then obviously Kelvin had the knows what room service is. And Kelvin was like, uh, well, you're in a hotel room and you pick up the phone, you dial six, you tell them what foods you want and they send it up. Kel- and then Kelvin's like, for free. For free. Um, and then you got the uh, Dirk Nowitzki line. Hey, Kelvin. Listen, man. Uh, can I get your autograph? Sure, Dirk. Uh, it's actually for my niece. What's her name? Uh, it's uh, Dirk. Can you sign this? It's for my niece. Um, Kelvin, um, Kelvin's like, sure. And then Kelvin's like, what's her name? And Dirk's like, uh, Dirk. Dirk. Um, those are some of the famous lines. Where my my favorite is the Dirk line. Um, I thought Dirk. Had, I mean, because most of these NBA players were. I think they all shot it in one day. So, um, I thought I thought that was the best line from Dirk from an NBA player. Um, and then you had like you know Jay Kidd and and Gary Payton give out some good lines as well. But what was your guys' uh, favorite line? Uh, I I gotta go with the classic, like pretty much what this whole movie is based off of, and it's kind of kind of what makes this movie iconic. And when uh, Calvin says, "Make me like Mike," yeah, like that, Even, I feel like I feel like that's the best the best quote of the whole movie. Is it too late for me to tra- change mine? It is too late. Uh, I agree. It is too I late. Agree. <laughs> I agree. I <laughs> agree. I mean, the funny thing, like in this movie, they don't just say it once. Like Murph says it when he's on the mini hoop, when he puts the shoes on, when he's keeping, you know, taking care of them while Kelvin's out of town. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. they say it twice in this movie. So like, I, I agree. Like this is the whole that was the whole viewpoint on this movie is those lines right there. Every time he laced them up, make me like Mike. Actually, I'm not gonna take it back. That was, I mean, that might be your favorite line, but you know. I'll be different. My, I I would say my what about you, Matt? mine was probably when he went to go ask like AI for the autograph, and then like the big guy carries him away. That I can't remember exactly <laughs> what he said. I think it was just pretty much just ask for the autograph. But I just thought he's that like was players a- don't give all their players autographs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that part was pretty funny, though. especially how he carried him away too. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, are you AI? Is like, are you the mascot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good part. That was a good part. Yeah. Um, coolest move in the game. Uh, Matt, you just brought up AI. I thought the coolest move in the game was when they had that interaction, and then afterwards, Kelvin ends up crossing up AI and then dunking <laughs> yeah, to win the game. So, like, that'd probably be one no, of mine, or, or it'd be like when he was playing uh, Tracy in one on one and dunked the ball for the first time, and everybody's jaw was just like, <laughs> drop yeah. like what the- <laughs> pull pull the victor Wimbenyama, throws it off the glass from three point range and then dunks it yeah, yeah. I that was pretty good yeah. that's that's exactly what i would say like that was that was one of the best moments in the movie right there just everyone was just like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like the next like 15 seconds of the movie everybody's just standing still <laughs> no, he's yeah. just ro- he's just rocking back on the rim <laughs> 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 yeah that, those are some good movies or moments but uh next award best nickname i'd have to go with tea time right 
Tracy thought, Reynolds? I thought I, it was T-Top, Alex. Yeah, I thought it was T-Top. <laughs> okay, tell me, hey, everybody watch the movie. Like, when you look back at the movie, I thought he said T-Top. He says, it, he says it's so quick. I thought it was T-Top, but it's T-Time. T-Time's good. Uh, C-Dub is good. Uh, Tracy gives uh, Kelvin that nickname when they're in the airplane. After uh, Kelvin gets pulled over in the car after he has to drive. We forgot to talk about that part, but um, T-Top, C-Dub, what's your guys' favorite uh, nickname? Uh, yeah, I got to go with T-Top. <laughs> <laughs> T-Top. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I didn't really, really pay attention to all the nicknames, so, but, yeah, I'd go with T-Time, T-Time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say... Either Tea Time or, or uh, Allegro was a pretty good uh, nickname, too. <laughs> <laughs> Allegro for Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> He's French. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it French or Spanish? I can't remember. I think it was like French. <laughs> yeah. like no, I know. Tracy's like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a good part. Um, NBA player to move the screen. Uh, who is your favorite NBA player to move the screen? Uh, some notable ones. We talked about Dirk's quote. Uh, also, Jason Kidd's interaction with Calvin. Where he's like, Calvin Cambridge averaging 25, point, 20, uh, averaging 25 a game. Not tonight. You need to get back to that sandbox where you came from. And then Calvin's like, your last name's Kidd. Look, look at the back of your jersey. And then proceeds to inbound the ball off Jay Kidd's back and passes it to T.I. Uh, time for the layup. <laughs> That was a good part, but uh, what was your guys' favorite NBA, uh, you know, player player scene in this movie? Yeah, no, mine was just. No, you can go. Uh, yeah, I mean, mine was just seeing you know Steve Nash. You know, he didn't Shocking. have he. Didn't, I don't think he said a, a word. Not a word. Not a word. But you know, I think he was probably one of the best actors in the movie. <laughs> This was also back when he was still on the maps, too. I know, I know. Back when I didn't really even know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> back when he wasn't your favorite player. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably have to say, like, the AI one, just because, like, he was my favorite player at the time, or I'd have to go with, uh, like, towards the beginning where where he's on the, the bench and he's, like, yelling at the Admiral. And he's like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> that was he's like, Admiral, yeah. Admiral. <laughs> and then David Robinson looks at him. He's like, what? this kid? And then uh, the big dude on the Knights just like, like palms him. Kelvin's yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, that's a good part. I do like the AI part where where he crosses up AI and then it's like, how do you do that? <laughs> And speaking of that 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 part. tall guy that, does that tall guy kind of remind you a little bit of Boban? Boban a little bit, yeah. yeah. Like probably obviously not as tall, but no, but like but in the like, like when they're playing games, like he looks taller than everybody else in there. But like personality, yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Um next award best shot um in the game. For me, it's Tracy hitting that uh when he gets the pass from Kelvin to send them the Knights to the playoffs, when, you know, Kelvin has to use the team oriented shoes. Uh, and obviously at this point, like, you know, Kelvin's not going to take the shot. Yeah. And this entire movie, we're like, you know, tr- 
we've been seeing Tracy just brick, you know, every game winning shot. <laughs> and to see him actually hit that shot to sit in the playoffs, I thought that was definitely the best shot of the game. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I concur. I concur to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any debate what the best shot <laughs> That was pretty no, much the I mean, movie. you're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We can move on from that one then. <laughs> uh, favorite relationship that you guys had in the game? This one might be similar too, but probably Kelvin and Tracy. Tea time. Um, if you want to cheat, maybe you throw the, the threesome of, you know, Kelvin, Tracy, and Murph, you know, the trio. I was just about to say that. I was like, I'm going to one-up you, and I'm going to go with the trio. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or even just like Calvin and Murph, I think that was just a good relationship. Just true. The squad. How about, how about this one? I or like Calvin, like Calvin Murph, and Reg. Calvin and the team. Or even yeah, just like the I orphanage mean, in general. I feel like they, they all kind of started the bond towards the end of the movie, kind of right, became a little right. click. Yeah. Honestly, my my favorite duo was probably you know Calvin and um and well what was it? oh yeah Biddleman Biddleman and Calvin that was my favorite relationship right there. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, this just in: Adam is off the podcast for the rest <laughs> of the film. <laughs> but um, next award: inspirational quote of the film. Make me like like Mike, probably. Probably the one, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say oh, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the title of the movie. Pretty I mean, much you gotta put the it basis in there, right? of the movie. Made me All right, we'll move on. Uh, one thing you'd like to take home uh, from this movie. Uh, I'll go first. I'd probably want to take, before MJ's shoes get wrecked, I don't know what size they are, but just to like have them, I think that would be a cool kind of, you know, totem to have. Uh in my household just to you know have mj shoes yeah, I mean, nobody would believe nobody would believe me they wouldn't be like oh you just somebody anybody could wrote that that's not mj shoes but <laughs> it'd be cool to have that yeah i mean if somebody could authenticate them i'm selling them immediately <laughs> yeah i'd probably wait to sell them but you know when i'm like 50 60 ready ready to retire you know then you know maybe sell could retire right now, though, if you sold. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. They'd sell for a, bit, a good, good amount of money. <laughs> it's high no, school for, for me. For me, give give me all that food from from the room room service scene. <laughs> give me all that. <laughs> hey Adam, all you gotta do is dial six. <laughs> all right, hey, I'm on it. <laughs> Man, what about you? This is what we'd want to take home, or what? Yeah, just what would you want from the film? Uh, you know, I'd probably want that AI autograph. I, I was hoping he would get that. Um, <laughs> that either that or that little that AI jersey from the game. That's that was pretty pretty cool jersey. You wouldn't um, want like a you wouldn't want like parents like a family. I mean, I already have parents, but <laughs> here you got that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that, but I think. Uh, yeah, it was good for Calvin though to finally get a parent in Tracy, especially because Tracy was that uh, wasn't he an orphan to or not an orphan, but he lost his not parents. An orphan. Well, he had his father though. 
he just wasn't close with his father until like Kelvin, yeah. you know, kind of convinced him to talk to him. But some other like totems that you could maybe bring home, maybe not bring home, but the mansion, I think is a good one. Mansion. Like, I think a lot of people want the mansion. Um, Girl from the maybe, hotel. Yeah. I mean, if you're third, if you're... <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that one. Yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah. Um, another one, like if you're 13 years old and you make it to the NBA, maybe the dunk, you know, championship uh, trophy that Kelvin got. That's pretty. Cool. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, a lot of good ones, but um, uh, those are the just one a day few. too. The one day contract for seventy five hundred. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll take the actual contract he gets after it, though. <laughs> yeah, just for not even playing like a full year. Dude, if I if I was Calvin, I would ask for the max. I say you oh, guys, yeah. you guys need me. Max contract. <laughs> I I thought it was weird that we didn't see like an All Star game appearance from Calvin. Where you see like Calvin and, and T time in the All Star game instead of like them doing the dunk competition, but. Maybe that makes the movie a little bit longer. Who knows? But yeah. um, who's your guys' favorite character in this movie? Um, for me, it's it's got to be Kelvin, right? I don't think it's even close. It's got to be Steve Nash. <laughs> I, I do like Tracy in this movie, though, as well. Yeah, he plays it good. He plays a good good role. Yeah, I, th- I think Murph's a good good character in it too. And, yeah. and even Ox, I feel like he plays pretty. You see him develop yeah. the most as a character. Right, because at the beginning you're like, oh, I, f- I fucking hate Ox. And then later in the movie you're like, yeah. you know what? Ox, is like, he's just a troubled child that, you know, turns out to like learn some valuable lessons and turns yeah. into this like a solid that bad. person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I bet he'll be in game he definitely has in the future. A, yeah, he definitely has the most character growth. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, yeah, least least favorite character. I think we can all agree on on Biddleman. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even. It's probably not a debate. I, I don't yes. think it's. I don't think it's even close. No, I'm trying to think of anybody that would even come close to that. <laughs> Maybe Jason Kidd. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, talking Jason Kidd. <laughs> I yeah I don't know. <laughs> I I think there's only one answer there, man. Maybe maybe Tracy. <laughs> Tracy for making Calvin have to drive the car at 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get into that a little bit later uh, with the awards, but um, the character that you wish had he or she had more lines in the film. Uh, I'll start off. Probably Murph. I'd like to see, like Matt talked about, you know, a little Stuart Little mix into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little bit more Murph in this movie. I, I, I like the character. Um, you know, the best friend role, and we didn't, you know, we didn't really see that a lot as we get later on in the film when it's more about Calvin uh, and Tracy. Yeah, I'd probably have to go with. Uh, um. Eugene Levy or like the promoter guy. I thought he could use a couple more lines in the movie. GM. Cause, yeah. Cause he's pretty good. Um, yeah. He's that funny. was good. 
But yeah, otherwise I'd probably say Murph, um, cause, or Ox even. But I feel like Ox actually has or quite or a even bit. Reg the the girl, um, who's played by, um, Brenda Song. Yeah, I, I the mm. the third the third trio best friend in that at the orphanage with uh, Murph and Kelvin. I thought she sh- maybe should have had a little bit more lines. I feel like she was like the friend that was left out, kind of. <laughs> you know, you know who I would, you know who I would have had a little bit more lines. Cool. Steve Nash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet I bet you wish he had more lines. I mean, at least one. Get one what? line yeah. in there. At least give him one line. You know, he, yeah. he can do that. Yeah, disappointing. <laughs> um, best life advice from this movie. Um, I feel like the life advice in this one was like, no matter the situation you're in, whether it's you know the instance in this movie where you're stuck in an orphanage where it feels like no one wants you, you can't get out, you're stuck in this situation, trying to create your own value as an in- individual um, is pretty vital through just the struggle of life to keep, you know, pushing to keep fighting to get to the things you want in life. And we see, you know, Kelvin go through this struggle, go through all the ups and downs, and then, you know, finally gets what he wants, which is to have a parent. Um, I, I think that was the biggest thing I took from this movie. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably agree with that. I think kind of like Calvin's thing showed too that like just kind of like you can be like rebellious to like a certain extent like in order to like follow your dreams like because he um, like just like from the candy bar thing like he went up to the coach's car like to sell him the candy um, and then like when they were supposed to sell candy, like at the next game, they went to the game instead and kind of like, sometimes you have to do some things that are like out of the comfort zone in order to reach where you want to get to. Like obviously it's a movie. So it's like easier, but um, that's, that was kind of what I took. You know, I, I took the one thing I took out of this movie is, if you're 13 years old, you can make the NBA. You can, <laughs> okay. Okay. you can make it. Hey, if, if if Calvin did it, you can do it. <laughs> Us here at Shot Side, we do not advise that 13 year olds can make it to the NBA. Because well, and did Calvin even need that school work that he did, where he was working on the no. problems? I would just have dropped no. out if I was him. Mo- hey, Mother <laughs> Teresa, did she? I mean. I think she was, you know, trying to hype up schoolwork a little bit more than, than she should have for Kelvin. Yeah, I mean, she didn't even know who MJ was. She needs to hit the books. Right, just that bald dude, that tall bald dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, best NBA player in the movie for you guys. During the time, like, who was the best NBA player? We listed all those guys. For me, it was probably Tracy McGrady at the, at the time. He was a top scorer in the NBA in the year 2002, scoring 32 points in Orlando. Obviously, scoring doesn't mean everything. Who did you guys think was, you know, was it Vince Carter, Allen Iverson? Um, probably is a, a strong point. Adam's probably going to go Steven Nash. But... All I got to say is not one, but two MVPs, Hall of Famer, top 10 in the city. Yeah. 
Kobe should have had that second NBA MVP. You mean Shaq? No, Kobe should have had the second. Shaq could have had the first one. Everyone, everyone thinks that they should have won it that year, but they gave it to Steve because he was the best player. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. How many but, rings? How many rings? I think he's got a Hall of Fame ring. How many rings? <laughs> NBA championships. Yeah, yeah what about you? I, I would definitely. We go know with, what Adam's answer I would is. Go What's with, yours? With AI, because the season before he was the MVP, yeah. averaging. 31 points a game, almost three steals a game. Uh, pretty pretty, pretty solid at that point in his career, I think. That's probably why they actually gave him yeah. a talking line in the movie, too, is because he was one of the best players. Right, yeah. right. Most, yeah, I, mean, I mean, most notable player in the NBA at the time as well. Yeah, like if you, if you were a good NBA player, you probably would have got a talking line in the movie. You wouldn't have not had any lines. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, how no. about you throw those? Sh- how about you throw those shots aside, man? <laughs> no, I think I think one of the best players that year was actually Tracy McGrady. I think he ever, he he was the leading scorer that year with like thirty two. Thirty two. Just again. copying what I said. Is that what you said? I already said that, dude. I already said. <laughs> <laughs> That just shows that just shows Adam doesn't listen to a lick of what I say. <laughs> yeah. I I literally said that that was my guy who's I thought was the best NBA player at the time, but there's a lot of good. I mean Chris Webber was good at the time. Uh Vince Carter was good at the time. Um but moving on to um our next award, part you wish was cut from the movie. Um mine was not necessarily because it was a bad part, because we got some good moments from it where, you know, we got the song with DMX. centered around like what it kind of was inferring like we saw tracy falling asleep at the wheel after you know and calvin having to drive ends up getting suspended which should have been a lot worse than just a suspension for a 13 year old who ended up driving a car through some like a some some cones and stuff under construction um and then you have, you know, fast forward to the plane ride where you have Tracy telling Kelvin he's sorry he got suspended and then says he appreciates what he did for him. Um, which is a little weird that you're, you know, you appreciate a 13-year-old driving for you when you're, you know, not able to drive. Like, at that point, you would think 
Calvin would like, or somebody would like call, like he'd call like somebody on the team to come pick them up or something like that. Like, why does, why does a 13 year old have to drive their ass home? You know, at that point, um, I think, you know, Tracy could have learned a little thing from the matrix, you know, taking the, you know, the blue, the, the red pill before the blue pill, but you know, <laughs> shit happens. What was your guys' uh, thing that you wish that, that was cut from this movie that maybe could have saved a little bit of time in this movie? I mean, it was only an hour and 40 minute movie, so it's not too long, but there was definitely some instances in this movie where you could have cut some things out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have one thing where I'm like, nope. yeah, just get rid of it. Cause like, I mean, that's what makes it the, makes it a movie, you know? Like, true. Yeah, Maybe I cut know. out Steve Nash. <laughs> It was already a pretty good <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, fashion statement of the movie. It's got to be Kelvin and, and Tracy wearing identical suits and glasses <laughs> when they when they come in in that mo- in that scene. I, I thought it was, pl- and they had like little dance moves to go with it. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. You guys agree on that on that point? I yeah, agree. I, I, I agree. agree. All right. Um, the horror move moment of the movie of the movie, uh, it's got to be centered around something with Bittleman, right? Yeah, or Calvin trying to climb across the tree in the rainstorm, <laughs> like <laughs> gets electrocuted and then falls off a tree, and he's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, not a lot of people are surviving that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say mine is when Bittleman's burning. Uh, Murph's picture of his mom. That was probably that's probably one of them. I felt sick for Murph. Dude, yeah, that that was just that was just a okay. You know what? If there was one thing that I could have cut from the movie, it would be that. Yeah. But I still won. I still won because it still it makes the, the movie come together. But, Here's some yeah. more life at ad- some more life advice for some of the kids out there. Chasing the money doesn't always lead uh, to good things. I mean, maybe it lo- you know you lose your soul in the process of chasing money, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. But um, one more thing before we end out: uh, ten minutes we couldn't go without. I think. From that 39 minutes and 22 second mark up until, you know, 49 minutes, I think it's like the heart of the movie, which is my favorite part. Um, you know, it starts with Kelvin explaining what uh, they did the night before with the whole, you know, Tracy situation of him having to drive the car, transition into Kelvin asking AI for his autograph. Matt's probably favorite part. Um, and then we get my favorite part when you know, the dancers start singing. We're playing basketball, um, followed by a bunch of the highlights when you where you get AI and the Sixers, Celtics, Jason Kidd in the Nets. You get Morning in the Heat, etc. Uh, I just like the gameplay that goes along with that. Then you have Eugene Levy, uh, Frank Bernard's part, um, the GM telling Kelvin, "These people aren't your friends. They're like a pack of tigers chasing those things uh, with the stubby little horns." You've seen those uh deer like things uh and then they isolate one of them um and then they pounce but uh that was a good line um and then calvin gives uh some precognition in in running the scooter 
at Biddleman, which we see at the end of, end of the movie when he actually does run into him to get to that playoff game, which is a good point. Um, and then towards that end of that 49-minute mark, then you get the DMX singing part with uh, Tracy, Tea Time. Um, a lot of good minutes or a lot of good moments in that 10-minute span. I thought that was my favorite part um, in the movie. But, um, yeah, that, that that's going to do it here for us here at Shots Side. Hope you guys enjoyed our very first um, big screen ballers portion. Like Mike, make sure to check it out if you haven't already. Um, if you made it through all the way, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we do have some breakdowns coming out on every NBA team. Not sure which division we want to start out with. You guys sure? You guys know what uh, division we started out last year? Or we're going to start out with just going in order from uh, starting with, I believe, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, we can just go in order. All right. Yeah, it works for me. I'm fine with that. So we'll do some more breakdowns. Um, not sure what our second movie is going to be. Um, as we go through this, we will have like a you know top 10 of movies we've done. Obviously, like Mike's going to be at number one right now, but uh, we'll have some more movies, more films to talk about. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Leave a like, follow if you enjoy. We got some TikTok stuff coming out from Adam and Matt's side. Um, but until next time, guys, peace out. Peace. peace.